All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Slay Less Show. This is Slay Less, a.k.a. Celeste Graham here. Um, today's episode, because it's April, and April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, we are dedicating this episode to talking about rape culture um, and some of the different complexities that go into rape culture and how rape culture as a belief and ideology kind of works within our society. I have two very special guests here with me today. One you've met before because she was a guest on my very first episode back in like September or October. And the other guest is also very special to me. This is her first time here. So we have a veteran and a rookie here in the room with us today. If you guys would like to go ahead and just introduce yourselves. I'll go first. <laughs> it's Pat Stacks. I'm returning. Um, last time I spoke, I think I we talked about Feminism and pop culture, I'm here again. Just yeah. to talk about another issue for my women out here in mm -hmm. black America. Um, I'm a blogger. I'm also a teacher. Um, but you don't have to worry about my teaching. I teach <laughs> little children. You won't be in my classroom. But if you want to follow my blog, I'm more than mm -hmm. happy for you, too. It's um, African Gold at africangold.com. That's H-A-F-R-I-C-A-N-G-O-L-D. And that's also my name on all social media. Yes, yeah. very, very dope-ass blogs. Make sure you check that out. Um, I'm Tyshana. I go by Ty. Um, I'm software engineer. I don't have a blog. I have a Snapchat. <laughs> I'm kind of funny. <laughs> um, it's just at Tyshana, T-Y-S-E-A-N-A-H on all social media. But I'm only on Snapchat, really. So, <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Okay. So, uh, rape culture. Um, rape culture, as a term, I feel has mostly... Um, prior to becoming really talked about in pop culture and in mainstream culture was like born out of academia. And it was this term that a lot of feminists and people who study women's studies, study feminist theory, began talking about as we started trying to uh, deconstruct patriarchy and talk about the different ways in which women are oppressed. One of the biggest ways that women are oppressed um, is physically, through the threat of rape, through the reality of rape, through um, being taught you know, for generations from a very early age, what modesty is and that modesty can protect you from being raped. Um, I think as black women, we're very hypersensitive to what rape culture is because we live in a society where we are both black, which in a lot of ways um, marks us as a marker of the way that we're treated, the way that we're perceived in society. And we're also women, which is also a very huge marker of the way that we're treated, the way that people see us in society. So I want to go ahead and just kind of segue into the very first question. Which of our expectations about gender, sexuality, and power promote rape culture, and how can we begin challenging them? Which is a lot to unfold, a very short question, but quite a bit to talk about in that one question. Who wants to start us off? <laughs> okay, well, I can start us off. Um, All right, cool. Let's just take it one at a time. Expectations as far as gender. Mm -hmm. There are huge huge gender roles that have been forced on us from a very early age. I can remember just being, I have an older brother, and so I'm the younger sister, we're about seven years apart. Just the fact that when my brother was 14 and 15, he could easily go out, go to the park, walk out by himself, go hoop. And this was before cell phones, anything like mm -hmm. that. When I'm 14 and 15, you can't go anywhere. You're mm -hmm. a girl, like you're a girl. <laughs> and I remember growing up and I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, I'm a girl, like, mm -hmm. I was like, I've never, that's never really made sense. Like, oh, you can't play in the dirt, you're a girl, like, there were always so many rules around being a girl that I never saw my brother had to have that much. He didn't have that much going on. His was more so like, don't cry. You know, it was very simple. Mm -hmm. um, and then sexuality, of course, when you get more so of that freedom, like being in college. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, a girl sleeps with somebody. She's a mm-hmm. hoe. This and the other. Automatically. From the gate. From the gate. girl can have sex with somebody's boyfriend. Whether she knows it's somebody's boyfriend or not, she's a hoe. She did this. She's a slut. Mm-hmm. Entire reputation tarnished. But the guy, he's still cool. He keeps his girl. He keeps his friend. He keeps his reputation. The girl, she got to go somewhere. You know, everybody, she's shunned. So there's always that difference of expectation. Then you hear people, they'll even attack it. Even most recently with the Chloe and Tristan Thompson situation. That girl, oh, she's a side chick. She's evil. She's this. She's that. But nobody's saying anything about him. Like, you have a your second pregnant baby mama. You out here wiling. Mm-hmm. He's been forgiven, of course. You know, that's a, he's going back to his family. But she is like, she's a hoe. She did. She's a homewrecker. She's that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes down to all of that power and promoting rape culture, it's always been told that men have all the power. Men, you don't get married till a man wants to marry you. You know, you always have to present yourself as walking in the spirit of a, of a married woman, walking in the spirit of a wife. Like mm-hmm. all that extra, we give all the power and all the influence to men. When it comes down to being a woman, it's kind of like, well, you know, I'm the background singer to his Beyonce. You know, mm. whatever you say, whatever you want to do, like I just. Whatever his preferences are, just gotta, I just have to hope that I'm it. Me and all 30 other girls, we all just have to hope that we're doing the right thing at the right time on that second Tuesday on February and September, summer, spring. We got to <laughs> hope we with it. Like, it's just crazy. There's just so much that goes on to it. And it's just something that's from birth. That's all. It's promoted. It's promoted in the school systems, even with dress codes. It's promoted into religion. Mm-hmm. It's at the pulpit every Sunday. Like... It's everywhere. So absolutely, it's just societal. Like, absolutely, on all ends. Absolutely, riddled with all of that. Ty, you want to go ahead and dive in? Yeah, I completely agree with all that. <laughs> like, I was gonna say as far as oh, as far <laughs> as um, just off top, you kind of assume that guys kind of make the first advance in any type of. Um, Sexual advances, you kind of always assume that guys have to make the first move, and I think that kind of promotes, like, mm-hmm. you know, if they go too far or whatever, they don't get that, like, um, I don't know, segue of, I don't know how I want to like, word um, that. No stigmatism on anything. Yeah, like, yeah. if a girl's too forward, she's like, yeah, she, she's ooh, she thirsty. Like she mm-hmm. really comes. So you just kind of have to wait for word. something to happen. But then it's like if it happens and you're not into it, it's like okay, you should be glad somebody even wanted you. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you should always be glad. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no that appreciation. Yeah, is you should always, always be shared. Mm-hmm. You're a woman. Don't you want this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there's always that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you want to say anything else, on? <laughs> okay, no, you're good. Um, which are our expectations about gender? Well, I mean, obviously we live in a highly gendered society. Uh, there are definitely expectations that are put forth on women and put forth on men that are very, very different, basically complete opposites. Uh, like I said, I always talk about modesty because anytime we talk about rape um, or rape culture, the fault and the blame always falls into the woman. Like, well, what was she wearing? What was she saying? What was she doing? We'll dig up, you know, dirt from eight years ago well she you know she had sex with him so she did this she did that so I mean she's obviously a slut she's obviously a hoe she deserved to have this happen to her not uh you know even taking into account the way that we classify what a hoe is is completely very gendered and very stigmatized and very just like problematic in and of itself um I mean, as far as our expectations about gender, we expect women to behave in a way that is docile and submissive to men. I think all in all in general, and that applies when it comes to sexuality, it applies when it comes to actual sexual relationships. Men are expected to make the first move and women are expected to just kind of wait there. I think that definitely facilitates uh, a power structure in which men 
get to have the ball in their court, which often can be very violent and very harmful to women. Uh, as far as like power, <laughs> um, what's a great example? I mean, I think the the Chloe the Chloe Kardashian Tristan Thompson. I'm glad you brought that up because I was on Twitter. Like I'm sure I know you're on Twitter. Always, we're both on Twitter. <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm like getting back into Twitter, but mm-hmm. um, I'm always watching Twitter and watching what's being said in the social media atmosphere. And um, what has like really struck me with their relationship and with this whole situation is how so many women have blamed Chloe. And the supposed side chick. Yeah. I think her name mm-hmm. was like Lainey or Lonnie. Um, Lonnie Blair. Lonnie Blair. And so what is often, what's, what's kind of like struck me is like, well, she's a homewrecker. And I can't believe she exposed him like that. And I can't believe she had her friends following him around and following them around and taking pictures and doing this. And I can't believe, and I'm like, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe we can like be like, oh, that is kind of like suspect. That's kind of trifling. I really don't think it is. I'm just like, you know, no. like shit, like there wouldn't be anything to follow if he didn't, you know, I give her the it, opportunity. I would honestly call it an absence of discretion. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. an absence of discretion, but I'm just kind of like, you know, no one is like, especially, especially men, the comments that are coming from men, no one is saying, well, if he hadn't, you know, gone and, you know, had sex with this woman in the first place and started a whole side relationship with her, there'd be nothing to report. Right. There'd be nothing to say. There'd be nothing to, like, you know, there would be nothing there for him to, like, for this whole situation to really even exist. It always irks me that when we talk about rape, the blame almost always falls onto the woman. Mm. I mean, even in instances um, where we're involving, like, the legal system, we're involving the courts, I had a friend who worked for the Ditton DA's office, and she said the first question that was always asked anytime they got a rape case was, you know, classic, what was she wearing? And I'm like, shit, like, you know, <laughs> damn. Why, why is the conversation always like, what was she wearing? Why are we consistently mm-hmm. teaching women not to be raped and not teaching men not to rape? Yes. yes. Like, I'm just, you know, there are so many instances, so many cases, Brock Turner, like, this, this man is raping a girl behind a trash can. And the person who saw it was so traumatized to see, to actually come out and witness something like that. They were just like, yeah, that's completely crazy. Like, like can you imagine if you see this? Yeah, like, so you're, this girl is like completely like unconscious behind a trash can. And then they don't want to put this jackass in jail. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the affluenza. Oh, well, he's, he's not going to fare well. I'm like, you know. He shouldn't. I, he shouldn't fare <laughs> he well. Shouldn't and then I'm like, you know. Nobody you know. fare well. I watch a lot of Beyond Scared Straight. Nobody fares well in mm-hmm. prison. No, like, and it's not meant for you to. And so I'm just kind of like, you know, even in similar cases, and I, I have to break, we have to be like intersectional talking about this because even in similar cases where there have been black men involved. Terry Crews. Tw- 12 years, 15 years, this, that, and the other. You're getting a, like a hefty ass sentence. Mm, and I'm like, I'm not saying they're right. They're obviously wrong for raping too. Cause let's talk, we're going to get to like further on in this podcast. Yeah. We're going to start talking about race and how that makes a factor and plays a factor in how this is handled. But I mean... You have to like look at that too. Like, well, why the fuck isn't he getting twelve years? Yeah, and not even mm-hmm. and not even going as far as race when it comes to status. We had Kobe Bryant with his situation of where he Class, allegedly yes. allegedly mm-hmm. sexually assaulted someone, and their biggest defense was, well, she had semen of three guys in her underwear, so you know he couldn't have done it. it that even comes down mm-hmm. to Cardi B. She was just talking about how throughout this whole Me Too movement, she's like, it's great that actresses in Hollywood are stepping up. But nobody in the urban industry is coming forward. You have girls who are video vixens. And, you know, they're like, she's like, you can go on a casting call and somebody, just because they think you're some type of way, they'll pull their dick out on the interview and be like, how bad do you want it? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it happens all the time. I, that's, that's my biggest uh, 
issue with the Me Too movement is that, first off, statistically speaking, and just realistically, traditionally, historically, women of color face rates of sexual violence much higher than anybody else mm-hmm. because of the different disparities we face. Of course. And so then when you talk about the Me Too movement, which this really pissed me, this pisses me off. It pisses me off to know in Toronto Burke, the woman who discovered this movement, made this movement. When it came time to put people onto the cover of Time magazine, was they it Time just, or Fortune? I think it was, it was Time. It was Time, and I saw Taylor Swift, and I was like, Taylor Swift? What I said, what the <laughs> fuck is this? And I'm Taylor like, <laughs> Taylor Swift, you don't even like women. Like, in no kind of system yeah. solidarity. Like, and you, get called, you, you get called out on that from mm-hmm. like pretty much everybody. Like, it's pretty much well known. Yeah. And so I'm looking at the cover of this magazine, I'm like, you know, at no point am I saying that anyone should feel bad about coming forth, but I'm saying check your privilege. And, give, you, and give credit where credit is due. Yes. Like, I love when Michelle Williams brought her out, white Michelle Williams, not black. She brought her <laughs> on the red carpet for the, I think it was the Oscars, and I thought that was great. And I was like, yeah, let her have her moment. Yeah. And then even when it came time to interview, they tried to take the mic away from, they were trying to not give the mic to her, and they were trying to make it about Michelle Williams. And she's like, no, I want her to speak about the movement like Miss Burke has a lot to say she's been working in this for a long time and they still an expert someone who's done this like this is her life's work exactly and the they still were just like mm, yeah I don't want to talk to her I think this is a good segue into our next question um, I'm gonna let you start off with this one so what is victim blaming where have you noticed this at work within our system and when I say system I'm talking about um, pretty much any communal public space private space pretty Mm -hmm. much our society in every single aspect where do you see victim blaming at work um i just see anytime anybody actually does step forward and wants to say hey this happened to me automatically like we touched on earlier like um what was she wearing like Mm -hmm. what was she doing like why Uh didn't you just do this and that like it kills me when they're like why didn't you just why didn't you just push him off why didn't you just close your legs like why didn't you like they were there. Mm-hmm. And it's like the the thing with Nelly, with the oh, girl who stepped forward, and then it was like she was so, she was victim blamed into like going back and dropping all the charges, and then he goes back and is like, okay, now I'm gonna sue you for defamation. It's like, no, I'm not saying you didn't do it. Like, you just, it's just too much for me. And it's, you it's bring just, up a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, did you? I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you No, um, I just wanted to insert this in there before you take over. But um, I think that a lot of people have a very poor understanding of like the trauma associated with sexual assault, sexual violence, rape, etc. They don't really understand that, especially with, first off, it's hard enough to come forward when the person isn't famous. Okay, mm-hmm. let's be very clear about that. Like rape is nothing easy to talk about. Um, I mean, we have so many cases where women are so afraid to come forward that they end up killing themselves. They, you know, start doing other things as, as far as like coping mechanisms, drugs, mm. so on and so forth, self-harm just in general. But then, you know, when the person is famous, it's even harder because you have, like this this girl has come forward and said she was receiving death threats. I'm like, mm. really, is important enough for you to receive death threats? Right. <laughs> really? <laughs> right. Uh, so you know all these different things, and so I'm just kind of like, you know, I think people have a very poor understanding of like the actual process. Not to mention, um, you know, even going to the police and actually going forward and actually trying to actually take legal action against the person mm-hmm. who assaulted you is really hard because we don't even guarantee rape kids to people. No, mm-hmm. like, that's not even you know like they're so far backlogged. They're so yeah, so they are states. so many states. And I just I just actually read about that what like maybe a week or so ago. I saw an article and I was like, what the fuck? And I mean, yeah. it's not surprising at all to me, mm-hmm. but I think people have a really poor understanding of what it actually takes to be that courageous, to be that brave. 
and I don't even like using that word courageous and brave because I'm like it shouldn't have to be mm-hmm. like you taking like you being having to be the heroic one well, I came forward like it is heroic it is an act of heroism on your part for you personally but I'm just kind of like you know even the language we use to address people who do come forward oh well, she was brave enough like anybody who doesn't come forward or oh, you're a fucking coward mm-hmm. right bye exactly. so I you know yeah, and I think with victim blaming, I think that stems from just the general lack of understanding what sexual assault is, what sexual violence is, what consent is, because you see it all mm. the time. Consent, like, yeah. well, if she didn't want that to happen, why? She, if, well, she went up to the room. I was just watching Queen Sugar. I, like I need to start Sugar. watching that because I was talking about that today. Season one and two mm. on Hulu, stream it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> the the big plot for one of these, the big plot point for one of the sisters is that her NBA husband. He's like, I guess he's like the Kobe of his team. They're about to get into their fifth or fourth or fifth championship ring. And right before the season starts, um, there's a rumor that comes out that a few of his teammates have been indicated in a sexual assault case. And then it comes out, of course, they have like their own version of TMZ that leaks the video. And at first his name wasn't said. And then you see him being the one to actually throw the girl over his shoulder and take her into the room. So where her husband is the one who actually... Yes, yeah, so or her husband does it. And you see the whole time this woman is like, this whore, I can't believe she's doing this to us. She's trying to ruin him. So much is going... Like, I, she, she shouldn't have went up there. Like, she knew what it was when she went there. And then, like, it comes out later that he's actually having a whole relationship with this woman. Like... Oh, wow. To the point where the wife didn't even know this. Like, they've already paid $5, billion, $5 million to keep her quiet so she doesn't speak about this at all in a deposition. And throughout the deposition, it comes revealed that, yeah, so, your, your husband never touched me, but he told all his friends they could have their way with me because he already paid for me because she's a sex worker and his girlfriend. And it's just like... Even to be even to be in some kind of relationship with someone and say that this is, you know, even that's not that's not his wife, but you're telling this person you care about them, you've been with this person three years, and to just say, Well, I mean, that's what you do. I mean, I paid so they can do whatever I say they can. You're not into it. Now when I met you, we were doing gangbangs, now this isn't your thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it comes to a point where the victim blaming comes from men also thinking that once you say yes, you can never say no. Mm-hmm. Like, once mm-hmm. you say yes, mm-hmm. you can never say no. Because once you start saying, you're acting funny. Well, she always said yes every other time. I don't see what the problem was now. Even getting into things like for a spousal rape to be mm-hmm. seen as something you can go mm-hmm. to the legal system with. Mm-hmm. For a year, for decades. Super hard to even prove. Mm-hmm. Like, super so hard to prove for decades. That was, there's women in prison now for killing their husbands who can't even get parole because they're seen as these murderers mm-hmm. because they're victims of, of spousal rape. Who was the the young woman? Uh, what is her name? She's from Tennessee. She's 29 now. and she, Oh, Centoya Brown. Centoya Brown. I think that's her name. Centoya yeah, that's Brown. Her name. That's she her was name. The, the sex worker who killed yeah. her pimp. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Oh, yeah, yeah. Even the, even the Kardashians put money to help her fight that and, that, and you know, Kardashian money long. Yes, <laughs> she's it still, is. She's still in mm-hmm. there. They ain't the only ones with long money that was trying right. to help her. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's... Nothing. 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 Mm. Nothing but R. Kelly. <laughs> but R. Kelly got a whole sex brothel. We're going to talk about his trifling ass. He got like his whole thing. Like, and it's just, and it's not just women who face this too. We got Terry Crews who mm-hmm. came out about the Harvey Weinstein and he talked with my agent, you know, all this. And it's like, you're gay. You're, you know, F word this, F word that. I can't believe you. And it's just, even him, he's getting all these threats. He's like, he's on Twitter talking about, you know, people are going to start coming for me. The fact that I even came out and did this, like if anything happens to me, just know it's because of this whole situation. It's just like the powers that be like 
it's so crazy. People are more mad at people for getting raped than they are at people for being rapist. Yeah, and that to mm-hmm. me is ultimately the most disgusting part of victim blaming. Um, for me, I think a lot of victim blaming has to do, and I'm glad you kind of brought this up and you touched on this as far as like men thinking that the, the one time a woman says yes guarantees a yes for forever from that point on. I think men uh, and society in general have a very, well, let's just say society because that's really what it is. Our society is. Oh, yeah, because women will say is, it too. Uh, she, she knew. Yeah, patriarchal, mm. and just in nature. Very male-centered, but that doesn't mean you have to be a man to perpetuate this kind of bullshit. So as far as like sexuality, I think that um, when we talk about women, we don't have a very open mind when it comes to the fact that a woman can be sexual. She can have multiple sexual partners. She right. can, you know, have sex with whoever she wants to. And I think that is so damaging because what it does, it creates this this idea that well, if she was having sex with X, Y, Z, and you know, that guarantees that she's going to have sex with me too. Right. Like what you're taking away is her agency and her choice to choose what she wants to do with her body. Like just because she has sex, she could have fucked ten niggas. Exactly. And I mean, like just because you're the eleven doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get in her panties. Yeah, but Bill Cosby had fifty, eight, sixty accusers, but mm. he's not a rapist. You know. And to me, like that logic, I'm like, so what the fuck? Like you know, and it, it always, what also kills me is how people will literally rush to like save these rapists save these men i'm like you know first off in my mind i'm like okay 58 women ain't make they're not all making really? this shit up yeah <laughs> i wouldn't say all. yeah i wouldn't mm-hmm. say everybody is because you know honestly i'm not there so I, when it comes down to stuff like that mm-hmm. i do want to leave it in the courts but yes that's a lot that's very questionable this believe that we don't know you each other drug them and rapes them yeah that's a lot of people so i i mean you know and just my thing is like you know well well, how do we know? And then it's just always, again, it goes back to the victim blame. Well, how do we know these women aren't lying? And then, I know, but I swear, the same way, y'all know that these women have fucked 10 niggas and y'all weren't there. The same way that y'all don't know that he rapes her. You weren't mm-hmm. there. So if she says it, there's no money in it. They're not suing for money. They're suing for, they're in court for justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that should be enough. If To me, that would be enough. It would. And then Bill Cosby, what killed me during the night, I've gotten so many arguments and like I had to just like, completely curse people out over this is like especially bill cosby you know for so long he was like our black hero he was our black respectability you know like he's a doctor he has creates a tv show where he's a doctor and his wife is a lawyer and they have this beautiful family and this beautiful home and they have all this money and so you know he was like this pinnacle of like what we really wanted white people to see us as as far as like you know what black culture Mm. could be like the pinnacle of what we could be and so you know he when all these women start finally coming forward which you know I think our generation, and me and my mom has had this conversation, she's like, you know, well, these allegations against him, she's like, this shit isn't old. This shit has been going on for years. So people, women have been, you know, hush, hush about it. It hasn't really come to the forefront until now because they really haven't had the platform to say anything. But she's like, they've been saying that Bill Cosby's a rapist for years. Yeah. And she's like, you know, what, what always kills me is how black people, especially, will want to silence black women we love our social heroes for mm. the cause of like well, we don't want to we're you know white people already dislike us so much we can't we can't talk bad about bill cosby because he's our black hero he's our black savior and i'm like you know like what the fuck like even the same thing when we talk about um who's who's the black guy that's on the supreme court uh clarence, clarence thomas, thomas and anita hill yeah. and you know years later this Oof. pissed me off his wife is still writing letters to her asking that she apologize She's for coming not, forward she's not going to mm. and she shouldn't <laughs> and she shouldn't she's so i'm like what the fuck are like calm down what are you doing so i mean victim blaming for me um also i grew up in west texas which is like 
it literally is the movie Friday Night Lights. Like literally. <laughs> so like football, you know, athletes, they run mm-hmm. everything. Like the entire town revolves around them. Oh, that's Texas. And so, Even I mean, that's, team really. sucks. That's <laughs> Texas in general. But it's <laughs> like, team sucked for years and football look, players were still seen as like gods around campus. Look, <laughs> look, listen. And Greeks. Listen. Well, listen, all of it. And so you, you get to that point where there, they have so much power within like their social circle that I remember this girl came forward and she um, accused one of the football players and he was really good. He, you know, was seated to be um, what picked up by like a D1 school and go on and do all these great things. And this nigga hasn't done shit with his life, which is kind of funny to me. But um, he he raped her. He did. And like a lot of people knew about it. And she finally came forward and because she had a reputation for, you know, X, Y, and Z, where people thought she did. Let's let's put that out there because, mm-hmm. like you know, reputations is really what perception is. People what people perceive you to be. Right. And um, she ended up having to leave school. Yeah. Because it got to the point where, like, you know, she'd be in the hallway and like people would just jump her. I don't know why. Because of like what they thought that she was trying to do to him. And there's a lot of thought that goes into these mm-hmm. reputations that are built, mm-hmm. whether it's the woman or whether it's the man in the situation. Or well, maybe let me take that back. Whether it's the victim or whether it's the abuser in the situation, because it's not always male female. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, the abusers are admired, especially when it comes to this Hollywood thing. Like with Bill Cosby, he's a great example. He's admired for doing so much for the black community, but in the same time, like you have to separate the art from the artist. Yeah, he had a great mind to create this show that would uplift the black community as far as how we were seen and perceived through television through um, throughout America. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean in the same time he can't be a rapist. Mm-hmm. People don't know? understand duality and they don't understand that people uh, I will just leave that people don't understand like people can have like Erica Badu did a really good interview on that and she actually got slammed on Twitter about it. She did an interview and she was like She's like, there's good and bad in everything. She's like, like Hitler, he was a great painter. And the interviewer was like, what? And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. she, he could paint. And, she, and the interviewer's like, I highly doubt he was a great painter. She's like, well, I'm not saying that to take away the fact that he did the Holocaust. What I'm saying is he could paint. He was a vegetarian, but he was also this monster. So we need to stop building up these idea of monsters as, the, as this person who you can just easily spot out and be like, oh, that's the boogeyman right there. You and know that's important you know that you said it. that. It's important to say that because what I think that does is that makes us look at ourselves and everybody around us everybody a has the Everybody has the competency to yes. do bad. Yes, they whether, do. Whether we, whether we as the person who is doing bad believe we do or not or the people around us believe we do, we all have it in. We, I, everyone's think they're a good person. Mm. Everybody's done something bad. Mm-hmm. We've all done something illegal. Some, something shady. Yeah, something illegal. Shady. Yeah, anything. <laughs> like, we've all done something, but would we want to be like, oh, I'm not a bad person, you know, even though we know, ooh, I knew that was bad, but I'm still good, you know? And that's kind of the way they kind of just brush that off. Like, nah, he did this one thing good. Nah, he's good money forever. He can never do anything bad. Nah, he never killed puppies. He's never done that. That's a lie. There's a video of you killing puppies. He would never. That's not him. <laughs> that's not him in the video. No. It's like, you yeah. have to. And people become, I think, especially when we're talking about celebrities, people become so attached mm-hmm. to, to this, this image. This oh. image of what this person is and what they represent that they don't want to believe that they could actually do that. And that's especially the case with Bill Cosby. I think um, 
I'm trying to think of some more high profile people. Bill Cosby just comes to mind for me because it's so his fresh. Case, his case it is so fresh. Started. And then it like it went on for like quite it was like a in the news for like a good Girl, year and a half. I'm, su- I'm actually surprised that Harvey Weinstein isn't getting this kind of attention that Bill Cosby got because I felt after a moment I was like, damn, did I have an interaction with Bill Cosby? Because shit, I'm waking up and going to sleep to Bill Cosby every day. But Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. got a hot a hot minute in the summer and it's kind of just been mm-hmm. radio silence. Uh where's my Harvey Weinstein haters? Because um, why. And you know, my my first inclination to I answer that question. I don't want to say it, but I, I no, mean, say, say it. it. The awkward race, R A C E. It might be. A, it might have something to do with the color scale. Yeah. I think we're getting warm. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. Um, all right, so let's go ahead. I'm going to skip past this next question and go to number four. So, where do we notice the trivialization of sexual violence or the minimization of actions, belief, and values that eventually contribute to this problem? The problem being rape culture. So I'll read that again because that's quite a bit. Where do we notice the trivialization of sexual violence or the minimization of actions, beliefs, and values that eventually contribute to this problem? I don't want to, you want to uh, go? No, you I just, um, one, one, thing, one thing that I think gets kind of pushed to the side a lot mm-hmm. is just like when children mm-hmm. kind of show behavior that's kind of sexually inappropriate and then you you come on to like you know it gets to the point where there's like actual children who are molesters and then it's just like this this weird area of hey this was my this is my child and I know what he's doing but do I call the police on him or like Mm -hmm. oh there's a lot of that you know so it's just like it's a gray area so you just kind of just oh boys are being boys or they're just children they're just playing like and mm-hmm. then it just gets grows to something worse because they think it's okay mm-hmm. there's a lot of oh go ahead sorry mm-hmm. oh there's a lot of gay men who come out and say that they were molested by peers as a child mm-hmm. there was um mm-hmm. this week the new yorker uh what is his name Juantos diaz he did a he talked about childhood trauma and he talked about how he came out to his family and told when he came out um he oh no 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 that was don lemon don lemon talked about when he came out the closet he was like well since i'm living in my truth right now i'm gonna go ahead and be honest with my whole family when i was younger there was a child that him and his friends they molested me and i didn't really know what to do with that and it caused a lot of confusion Mm -hmm. and i didn't really know who to tell because it was somebody who was closer to the family so Mm -hmm. when you get into that that's a huge gray area Mm -hmm. it is a gray area and i mean i've i've countless 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 stories of um it happening either by a family friend or somebody very close and then the family being like well we'll just hush hush and not say anything about it because we don't want to first off they don't want to you know especially if it's a family member Mm. no one is in a rush to send their family member to jail Mm -hmm. or put them in a position where they're having to face some type of legal repercussion yes and i feel like you know shit i feel like i'm you know every family has one fortunately for me it wasn't actually uh my immediate uncles but i definitely had an uncle that actually went to prison for doing that shit they had to extradite this nigga from spain because he left the country and um it's just one of those things where i think i'm glad i'm so glad you brought up children because i think a lot of ways we don't talk about this a lot enough when it comes to children which you would think that we would because they're children but i think also we stigmatize certain things that children do into um like for instance my niece I posted about this on Facebook because it pissed me off so bad. She's at a daycare, and my niece doesn't like to play with girls. She likes to play with boys for the most part. She likes blocks and stuff like that. And so I went to go pick her up, and me and the lady got into it. Like, I had to, like, real life curse this bitch out. (laughs) And she was just like, you know, um, I kind of feel like Nia. Nia likes to play with the boys. And she stopped there. Okay. 
I said, okay. I said, is she doing anything inappropriate with the boys? Because I, I don't know where this conversation mm-hmm. is going. Well, now, so this is the first time. I said, okay, well, you have a good day. Get me <laughs> leave. Second time. Nia likes to play with the boys. I said, okay, once again, I said, we've had this conversation <laughs> before. I said, what is she doing? Well, I just feel like, you know, she likes to hide behind stuff and play with the boys and do this. And I'm like, okay, is anything inappropriate going on? Well, no. Okay. I don't want to have this conversation with you again. Like, I'm leaving now. Mm-hmm. It's 4 o'clock, peak traffic time. Don't keep me here over some bullshit. <laughs> so, again, third time. <sighs> Nia likes to play with the boys. I said, do you have a problem with her playing with the boys? Is she doing anything with them? Well, she likes to go up in the trees and hide with them. I said, do you have reason to believe that she's up there doing something? Because Nia's seven. The trees, we have a problem. Nia, yeah, Nia's seven. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, like, what do you, what, what? I was like, because right now what you're doing is you're making the assumption, you're like basically saying that my niece is like promiscuous or being fast, and really mm. all she likes to do is play with boys because they have cars and blocks. Well, she, I feel like she should be playing with the dolls. I said, well, I feel like I don't give a fuck. Right. I was like, I feel like mm. she should play with whatever she wants to play with. And she'll I'm like, grow you know, in two years anyway. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, she's a, she's a child. Like, why are you putting all this extra shit onto her? I said, do you have belief? Well, I will, yes. I said, she's like, I was like, do you have belief? You know, do you have reason to believe that she's doing something inappropriate? Well, yeah, because she doesn't listen. I said, so is the problem that she doesn't listen or is the problem that she plays with boys? I said, because now you're pissing me off. So I went and got the owner. I said, I don't want her in our class no more. I was like, take her out. I said, this is not going to work for me. But it got it's to the point where I'm like, you know, it's also a generational thing, victim yeah. blaming, and uh, just trivializing these types of behaviors as far as like you making a big deal about something that's not even happening. And then we've had instances where little boys will hit her and she'll hit them back. Well, she shouldn't have hit them back because they like her. No. She, you know, my, like my niece, is, she's a rowdy, rough girl, so she, you know, she'll put the paws on you and it's nothing. I'm just like, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. So I'm like, so why are you? I'm like, well, if these boys like. This boy did something to her at school, and she happened to have a pencil in her hand, and we told her this was wrong. <laughs> he kicked her, so she turned around and stabbed him in his shoulder oh. with the pencil. And she didn't break skin or anything. It wasn't anything super oh. serious. She shouldn't have done it because she mm-hmm. could have. Yeah. But the point she is, she got, yeah, she got in trouble, which she probably should. They both should have gotten in trouble, but most of the blame fell onto her, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like, and like well, she, well, he likes her. He has a crush on her, and he's Who always cares? talking about her. She liked him more. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just like, so why, like, why, like, but why is it that she's getting reprimanded because she defended herself? Same thing happened to me. This boy snapped my bra strap and I was like in the sixth grade and I whipped his ass and I got in trouble. So. Mm-hmm. Mom was like, well, you know, do what you did. Keep your hands to yourself. Keep exactly. your hands to yourself, <laughs> to your motherfucking selves. I'm just like. It's also trivialized when it comes across gender. You see a lot of these. Oh, my God. This is horrible. You see a lot of these teachers who oh. have sex with their students and because they're female mm-hmm. teachers and because these are boys it's just written off as ma'am shit if I was 11 years old I'd love it mm. you even have that case in Alabama where the autistic boy his oh father thought God. that he could potentially be homosexual I saw that so he had his 21 year old girlfriend have sex with him well not even have sex with him rape him yes but he called it having sex but they're mm-hmm. both in hot water over and it's like you hate the potential that your 11 year old autistic son could be gay your, first off your son has autism he's not even as aware as, as social and cultural norms. Not, he can even make... Because to child, him, that's just something that he doesn't see that. Yeah. But for you to then have your girlfriend, why why she did this, I'll never understand. And why he thought this was something to tell her to do, I'll also never understand. But you told her to now violate this boy when he's 11 years old. The boy's 13 now. And they said even though it's all getting go, going to trial and things, for the longest time, the little boy thought it was his fault. He thought it was something that he did. Mm. That was the reason that this happened. And he blamed himself. 
And then you have the people who hear about the story and they're like, well, if I were his age and some older girl came on to me, you know, it'd, it'd be nothing. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, when you get older, it, it sometimes it is something. There's mm-hmm. a lot of times because you have to think this is still an adult. Yeah. This is somebody who still is in a position of power because they have that experience. They have that. They understand right from wrong way more than a child ever would. And they're taking advantage, especially when it comes to like someone like a teacher, someone like a boyfriend or girlfriend of a parent to take advantage of a child and just because it's a boy it's often like well I mean you know boys you know that's what we're in you know boys like to be sexual like the over sexualization of boys and the under sexualization of women is often a problem when it comes to trivializing sexual violence Mm -hmm. especially amongst children um, I think you touched on some really great things as far as, uh, especially, this is always so interesting to talk about because of the dynamics of when this happens. When it is a female figure of authority raping or molesting a young man as opposed to you know a male figure of authority raping or molesting a young girl. I mean, one thing that comes to mind for me, this has always just struck me as weird, is, um, I don't know, like, I used to be, like, a huge, huge Lil Wayne fan. I feel like anybody who, like, graduated or went mm-hmm. to high school or, like, had a Weezy for President t-shirt. Yeah, like, <laughs> young money, cash money. So, you know, and, like, just him doing various interviews saying that his first sexual experience was when he was 11 years old. This yeah. woman gave him oral sex, performed oral sex on him, and... Uh, Birdman was the one who orchestrated this whole thing. And I'm just kind of like, you know, at the time, like looking back on that, it struck me as weird then. But now knowing what I know, I'm just like, you know, like you were like got molested. Like Mm -hmm. this woman was like violating you. And I think that um, when we talk about that, we trivialize the actions that take place with young men so much. I won't say more. I don't want to say more. I don't don't like the oppression Olympics. I don't want to compare. But um, I do see instances where they're literally told to be thankful yeah and brush it off brush it off like you're a man now right Mm -hmm. and so i i hate that i think with um young women and i've talked to my grandmother about this i think this is like definitely it's something that there are definitely a lot of different generational um implications when we talk about this because she grew up in like rural arkansas and she was like you know She's like, I think, and this trivialization, I think victim blaming kind of go hand in hand. She was like, but she's like, you know, we were literally taught to hide our bodies growing up. It's like literally hide them because like it would entice, uh, entice men into like being violent or, you know, mm-hmm. entice them into like being like, you know, sexually ravenous and all this different shit. And she was telling me these stories about how um, her mother, my grandma, Ibi, if I'm not mistaken, is a child of rape. Because her preacher raped her, her great grandmother. Wow! And so, and it and it was because like when you know he was asked about this, um, it was because well she was so pretty and she was so curvy and she was so this and so like just kind of like trivializing and victim blaming all at the same time and nobody went to bat for her. Wow! Because they said that she you know she looked so much older and I'm just kind of like you know it's one of those things where. That's so dangerous because what it does, it really, that is like the pinnacle. Like modest responsibility. Yeah, and it's, I think that trivialization of these actions and of like these different things that are taking place is really the pinnacle of what rape culture is. It's like saying, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal and brushing it off even though this is something that's deeply, deeply seated mm-hmm. into our reality, into our culture, into our society. <sighs> oh, guys. Yeah, that's all you can really do <laughs> after that deep sigh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is a good one. Um, are we apathetic to the reality of sexual violence in our community? And when I say community, I'd like us to find a focus. We can talk about society at large, but I'd like us to also focus on the black community because I see some really interesting things happening within our own racial, ethnic communities that um, 
are kind of different than what you see in larger society. Anybody want to dive in? I think Patrice is actually your turn. Oh. <laughs> um, when it comes to our community, whew, that's a lot to unpack. I feel like you see a lot of black men vocally, even though they don't say it directly, just through the things that they say about women, they just don't have a lot of value for what a female opinion is, mm-hmm. especially a black woman's opinion. Uh, and these are a lot of men who are raised by primarily women. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? And taught and taught to simultaneously hate and belittle them right. at the same time. Like, there is this video out of these four black boys who are like, um, if a girl has sex with you on the first date, does that make her a hoe, yes or no? And they all go around one by one. I haven't one. seen this. I've uh, seen it. Yeah. And they all go around one by one. They're like, yeah, you know, because guys can have sex on the first date, but, you know, girls can't. And somebody made a reply about that, and they're like, he's like, yeah, they're right. Like, gir- guys can have sex on the first date, but girls can't. Somebody's like, well, then that just means all men are having sex with each other. And he's like, no, you're not understanding what I'm saying. What I said is, men can have sex on the first date, but but girls can't. And they're like, so, who are y'all having sex yeah, with Yeah, who are you having sex with? Like... <laughs> And you, and it's even just to even just to have somebody echo that mindset, they don't even see how stupid it sounds. Yeah. Like it sounds ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I just I just thought that was so weird. And they always there's always these, oh, you know, when people get into arguments, it's always just, you know, why don't you go shut up and raise your kid? You know, you're a single mom this, you're a hoe that. And it's just like why are you saying that? You have your mother's last name. You, where's your father? Like, you over here coming, wishing that on somebody else, and you are a product of that. Mm-hmm. First of all, like, that's scary. I'd be like, I'd have to have a serious talk with my child. Like, look, this is what you can become, and we ain't about to do that shit over here. And second, it's just like, who taught you that? Like, who taught you to hate women for the choices of men? Mm-hmm. Like, that's so disgusting, especially being a product of somebody who was raised without a male figure. Mm-hmm. You then turn around and take that aggression out on women outside, but then it's like, oh, I love my mom, I love my granny. I think this was a great a great example of this. This, was, this isn't a sexual assault or sexual violence case but this interview with Charlemagne and Monique uh, I think this was a great like way to display how black men devalue the work of black women and don't even notice that they devalue it the entire interview uh, Monique and her husband he's on the phone he's talking about how you know we asked for more we wanted to do this we wanted to negotiate we wanted to negotiate they turned us down for the Netflix deal mm-hmm. and the whole time Charlemagne's not even you can just tell he's not listening because the questions he asked they've already answered so he's basically mm-hmm. finding a way that he can disprove mm-hmm. what she's saying and at the same time he'll be like you know what you are a legend you are this you are that so if I'm a legend like you say that Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle are if I'm a legend why is it wrong for me to demand more for my work than it is for Amy Schumer to demand more for her work? Well, she just did this, she just did that, and she's like, no, you're not listening to me. I've been in the comedy community. I'm 50 now. She's an Academy Award winning. Mm-hmm. Academy Award winning. <laughs> yes, she's yeah. like, I've been in the comedy community for decades. Yes. And for a woman, she's like, we're, I'm the first, she's like, the queens of comedies, we're the first and only all-female comedic group to come out and sell out continuously mm-hmm. so for you to say that my numbers aren't racking up with hers from some comedy show she did last year that's not making sense he's like well you know you haven't done anything really recent he's like well 
she's like well I did this Christmas in 2016 would you say that was a hit yeah that was a smash hit I loved it this that and the other well in 2016 I'm irrelevant I'm irrelevant for my work in 2016 and 2017 but she's still relevant I'm not seeing where he's like well mm-hmm. no you know it's just um that's not what I mean and he's like it just seems like it's just a it's just a you know a case by case circumstance and she pulls out all these other situations she's like well if all these black women are coming and saying that it's a race and a gender issue that we're not getting treated we're not being valued for our work we're not getting paid fairly to our white female and male counterparts how are you going to say that's a case by case issue if we're all saying the same things in different parts of entertainment and he had he just didn't have anything to, uh why didn't you negotiate um uh i don't know uh well i heard from netflix that i called netflix and asked i'm like but you weren't there and you're trying to talk over two people that were because you're so dead set on she doesn't she don't deserve that much she don't deserve i don't see why you think you deserve that much why wouldn't she deserve it mm-hmm. she's an artist she values her own work yes absolutely. and she can ask for how much she wants she definitely deserves more than 500,000 yeah what the fuck is that it's (laughs) Monique the fact the fact that uh, the fact that a deal not giving Monique enough money that could be buzzworthy for as long as it is just lets you know that Monique is not irrelevant because if it was anybody else like we're not thinking twice like if D. Ray Davis said something they about not even a cool like three million yeah, off the gate from the gate like from the gate. And I'm just like if he came and said that he was getting paid five hundred thousand, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I mean, and the mm-hmm. whole black media rally behind him. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like you know, that's, that's <laughs> and it's just you see things like that, and you're just like, where does that? come from Ooh. like where are you learning that and Charlemagne's like you know I'm raised for my mom I'm raised by my grandma you mm-hmm. even said at the beginning of this interview you know when you first met me I opened the door and I held the elevator door open for you and pushed the floor number and everything like and she's like that doesn't mean you can't be ain't shit now like <laughs> yeah absolutely like mm-hmm. I think it's just the 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 bare minimum is so widely accepted when it comes to actually fully being there to support Mm. somebody they don't understand what that means They're, it's asking so much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, did you want to go ahead yeah I also wanted to as far as in our community with um, if there's like somebody who's like the star athlete or something like that and some on like case by case basis like some people come forward and something may happen or may not happen and there's like a false accusation that comes through mm-hmm. and then they shatter their whole life because of you know this false accusation because maybe the uh, the person or victim may be ashamed of what happened or they you know whatever the case may be and then it's like going forward anything else that happens it's just like oh she I think she's lying because she just wants to destroy uh, another one of our leaders so they just kind of push Mm-hmm. Push, push stories oh, yeah. to the side because it just they don't want them to get wrapped up in the system and it just they just overlook everybody else mm-hmm. absolutely I mean I kind of think that goes back to like uh, we talk about community and how we're apathetic specifically within the black community I mean there are so many instances uh, I brought up two of the most famous ones we've kind of talked about them uh, Bill Cosby and Clarence Thomas as far as um black women kind of being told to like sit down and shut up when it comes to us being apathetic about what actually may or may not have happened to them um i think the way that we become so apathetic specifically in our community and especially i think one of the reasons that our community is so especially black men are are taught to be so apathetic towards um black women coming forward with accusations of sexual violence well first off i think a lot of it has to do with history Black women have historically been, you know, very sexualized and seen as like, you know, these like 
temptresses who do this and do that and seduce men. And that's actually an idea that wasn't really even birthed out of black culture, that was birthed out of white supremacy. Yeah. And so then you have also, all of this is kind of like out of patriarchy, which is completely a system of white supremacy. Black men are also, I think, taught to hate their mothers and blame them for their absentee fathers. So, you know, like, what it always kills me, especially when you hear, like, music and all these cultural references of, like, well, we love strong black women, and, like, black women are, like, really literally, literally praised for how much pain and tragedy and trauma they can endure. And the more that you're able to take on, you know, the better black woman, you're more powerful, you're better, you're stronger. And they're literally praised for that, which not taking into account how traumatic and how damaging that is for black women. I also think that, you know, a lot of the apathy that we give towards black women who come forward about, you know, or come forward with accusations about sexual violence also stems from this idea that black women are the sole failure of the black family. Like if the family isn't together, it's her fault. Oh, well, she was this and she was that. It's her fault that the father isn't around. It's her fault that she didn't do this. It's her fault that, you know, her sons uh, or her sons or daughters don't have a stable uh, family unit, which, you know, to me is bullshit anyways, because I think that's not a very sustainable way to talk about black families, especially when you have things that like the prison industrial complex that are largely at work, that are actively working to tear families of color apart, we have to kind of adapt a mentality more so while also trying to like dismantle that system that it takes a village to raise a child. And mm -hmm. we, can't, we can't put those types of deficiencies into children because they don't have that perfect cookie cutter family with you know two parents, 2.5 kids, and a fucking dog and cat. <laughs> and then I also think that you know a lot of the reason that we're so apathetic and we brush aside black women and like, you know, their issues and their stories pertain to sexual violence, rape, um, molestation, is that we have in the black community, we don't trust the legal system. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's actually a valid point. In yeah. a lot of ways, we shouldn't. We shouldn't because they, they screw us over a lot. But a fear of police in the criminal justice system and black women are taught that, you know, silence is protection for the larger protection of the black community. They're taught that, um, you know, to go to the police is like a treacherous and traitorous act on their part as far as like inviting these white people into this space that you know they don't operate in, they're not supposed to operate in, all these different things. And I think also what this does is it kind of like encourages black women to continue taking on that role where your role is to carry the black community on your shoulders. Your role is to, you know, basically hold down the community. But really what they're saying is your role is to like basically be the backdrop for black men. So we have to elevate black men and I always say this, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I wait and I hope and wish for the day that black men start to realize that patriarchy is a system that wasn't designed for them at mm -hmm. all. At all. It's not a system that, so like you telling a black woman to be, to be quiet about what her lived experiences are, whether it be sexual violence or anything else, is not helping the black community at all. It's a hindrance. I mean, point mm -hmm. blank, Because want to be the MVP at all times. But when it comes to that, too, that's... Uh, I don't know, that's so strange to me that it has, I don't know, like, I'm always perplexed by the way that I see a lot of the see black men that I've interacted with, the way they, the things that they say at the same time saying that they love the predominant woman of their life, like, it's mm -hmm. just, 
on why they love her. So mm-hmm. mind-boggling. So, you know, my mom, she always held it down for us. She got us everything we wanted, this, that, and the other. Yeah, man, fuck that bitch. You know, she wasn't shit, blah, blah, blah. She's like, she got a kid at home. I'd never wife a bitch with a kid. Like, so you, you're basically saying your mother exactly. was, the, was the same woman. Right. I've literally heard men say this shit. I'm just <laughs> like, and then, in and real life. And it's like, oh, you, I can't believe your, your girl, she went home, she sucked my dick, and she go kiss the kids. I'm just like, well, and I'm like, what? I mean, so you're, you think you're a mother? <laughs> so you think of the whole 18 years that you were living your mama's house that she never got no dick? And I, understand, <laughs> and I understand that, you know, moms are, of course, they're going to put on that, like, you know, I'm never having sex. You know, legs, <laughs> legs tight, sewed shut. You know, like, of course, that's what moms are going to, you know. When you're a kid, you're not thinking, like, oh, mom getting it in. But, yeah, your mama was getting it in, nigga, and she was kissing your ass, and reading your bedtime stories, and making your funky breakfast, and buying your dusty-ass Jordans. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she was doing that. Put lotion on your ashy-ass elbows that all you still it. hadn't figured out how to grease yourself. Yeah, she was doing all that shit and sucking dick. Like, that's it. Like, what you mean? Like, it's... No, I mean, that. I think that's... I think you're absolutely mm. right. I think that's something to really talk about because I'm like, you know... I'm like, oh, what? Where, where do y'all think y'all's moms really exist in the world? Like, y'all really think they're <laughs> yeah, not? They're like, like on this other planet of pure, like, purity and modesty. I wish, really. I wish I was back in the, it was back in the day, you know, when girls did it. I was like, girl, I'm like, I know. Like, there were savages back then, but the... You, you're... The only thing you heard of back in the day were all the good things. Just like when you look at your mom, you're not looking at... She's she's a superhero mm-hmm. in your eyes. All parents are superheroes, and then until you get older, and then you have to look at it and be like, well, "Hold on, that shit's funny in the light." But you know, <laughs> like they're and they don't understand that. Like they don't mm-hmm. understand parents, mamas as a person. They're just like these figures. Like she did it all without mm-hmm. a nigga, you know. And then they turn around and be that nigga that and leave a girl so they they can do the same shit. And I'm just like, that's not character. Bill's building. Bill's character form is the thing. Bill's are strong. I'm like, that's no, no. <laughs> That's really harmful. It's su- I literally heard, I heard actually like this guy I used to date, he was talking about um, his mom and how he grew up with his mom. He like, he's like, he was basically in a very accusatory tone. He's like, I was always taught to believe that my dad was like, you know, an alcoholic. He's like, and I finally had the conversation with my dad, you know, about why he wasn't really there. You know, a lot of what he said made sense. So I was like, okay. And that first off, was a superhero off. First off, really? so like you, <laughs> like you spent all 20, you know, However many Mama years of your take life, care of you mm-hmm. since she take out. care of you and all your siblings because it's a lot of y'all. And yeah. so then, like, and your dad, he but you meet your dad like once that. or twice, and he well, he he really wasn't that. And like, he my tried, mom, mm-hmm. yeah. And so then, <laughs> he then, didn't try. He didn't try. <laughs> he's like, I was having a conversation with her. I was like, you know, like, I was just like, basically, so basically, you know, my mom kind of just made it easier for him, and she was just easy to take advantage of. I'm like, so, but like, what are you saying about your mother right so now? So you really? saying that your mom's kind of a weak? Because if that were true, then you would have probably got away with a little uh, more in life. And I'm like, and how do you feel comfortable saying this shit about your mom? Mm. Like about your mother? Yeah. Oh, well, she. I mean, she just kind of made it easy for him, and she just. I'm just like, what the fuck am I hearing right it's now? Weird. Those accusations come up so quick, and, and even going back to false accusations, when guys try to discredit people who are victims of sexual violence at the hand of another man, their biggest thing is like. Oh, what was I going to say? Sorry. Lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) I look, I had it. I was about to really blow y'all out the water. Hold on. Let me get it back. Their biggest thing of discrediting the victim is, ooh, look, skip me. I forgot. Girl. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's saying that girls lie about it. I'm sorry. There you go. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. It's saying girls lie about it. Okay. And that narrative that girls lie about it, that comes. 
comes from white women. Like white bitches is the one who be taking y'all shit, <laughs> yeah. who want to bring y'all down. What? The only times I've really seen it be fake that a black man, baller or not, has been accused of rape. It's been a white woman. But y'all go, y'all live, breathe, and die white women. Y'all, <laughs> nah, she wouldn't bet. Nah, Rebecca. Rebecca ain't say that shit on me. And Rebecca be the main one on point. Yeah, that nigga did it. He fucked me in the ass. I didn't even oh ask about you. Like, y'all be, oh the, be the main one. Emmett Till didn't die because he whistled at a black woman. Let's get it clear. A black woman's lie wasn't the one that took Emmett Till down. That was a white woman. White women been sending y'all niggas to jail for their husbands, brothers, daddies, uncles, cousins, lovers, whatever, for decades. Black women... Y'all don't believe us, so Centuries. the court system don't believe us. So we mm -hmm. definitely not sending y'all asses to jail. R. Kelly definitely walking around chilling because all his victims were black women. Yeah, I think that people part. have a very poor understanding of like systemic racism and how that works. And we really don't have any power in the judicial legal system. So I'm like, we're not the ones fucking doing that shit to you. The, I mean, we don't have no value. There's, to, no, like, these there's no time that the law has really just been on a black woman's side. So let's be real. No, even even I mean, Clarence Thomas, all his white homeboys oh, came up. Joe Biden was definitely in that whole like so can you tell me again what did he say he put a pubic hair on your coke long dawn silver i don't think he said say it again tell us the story again she was sitting up there saying the same damn story every fucking day and they all sitting there like nah you ain't about to fuck up our supreme what run that shit back again like how many times she got to say the shit that he did and how weird it was and she had to even sit there and be like you know what i didn't even want to come forward about this y'all summoned me y'all somebody called me and asked me to be here i didn't want to do this y'all subpoenaed me because i was like nah i want to do this this shit's wild brazy like i ain't trying to go out you know i'm i'm living my life y'all came to successful her. black lawyer yeah, and I, she's just living a normal life. She's like, you know, I'm just a law professor. You know, I'm just chilling, trying to give this academics out. And y'all came for her. She wasn't trying to. It's not like she was in competition with him and trying to take his seat or anything crazy like that. It's so trash. She, she it's so trash. And then his wife still to this day still writing letters to this woman telling her that she needs to apologize I'm like you know why if anybody deserves these hands, it's definitely his wife for mm. sure. I mean, he does too, but his wife. I'm like, bitch. Are you for real? And the craziest thing is men just think, not, well, not men, abusers, and then their supporters who are generally male or are representing the male narrative, they're just so comfortable with saying that, even if it comes to a court of law, they're so comfortable with saying that, oh, no, you're trying to break up his life, you're trying to ruin this, they ruin that. Can we just get some accountability in the court of a public opinion? Like, can you just say, can you just give him accountability one-on-one, -on -one, me to you, me, you, and him? Like, can you just give him that? Y'all want it to be so, oh, the court said he didn't do it, I don't think he did it. But if, I just want you to give me accountability here, one-on-one. -on -one. We already know the court's probably going to fuck it up. A woman, black or white, they're probably going to fuck it up and say, uh, say no because it's a bunch of white guys. But can you just say in a one-on-one? -on -one? Like, mm -hmm. why is that so hard? Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of boggles my mind is the fact that you can't just say it even though it's not being brought. You can't just say it one-on-one -on -one that it's fucked up. Mm -hmm. Just something that simple. You can't just say that simple. It has to be, you're trying to ruin his life, this, that, and the other. I'm not even, I'm not even trying to go to court on it now. What? So, I mean, he, he did that shit. Uh, that, that and you still can't me. say it. Yeah, just, uh, just the general lack of, like, you can't even give this person who's been, had, you know, found enough courage and actually, like, because that's hard. It's really hard to do to come right. forward about these type of accusations, especially, especially when the person is famous or decorated or mm -hmm. celebrated for you to be able to come forward. But just like the general lack of like, we can't even give the person who's coming forward with these accusations just a tiny bit of human dignity. And sometimes they're not even facing like legal anything. They're just telling mm -hmm. their stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, 
you know, I think when Anita Hill came forward, it was highly unlikely that anything was going to happen to Clarence Thomas. Right. He's a fucking Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. And all she wanted, and she didn't even care whether he made it to the Supreme Court or not. She was just like, well, y'all asked me to be here, and I'm just here so I don't get fined. So, I mean. Basically, yeah. like, <laughs> basically. Y'all said I had to come to the press conference, and I'm here, you know. Oh, she didn't wasn't even trying to be there that many days. She's like, I didn't want to really do this, but y'all said y'all subpoena me, and I'm, I'm a lawyer. I know what it means. Like, mm-hmm. very simple. Uh, this next question, are survivors of sexual violence stigmatized or even quietly discouraged from speaking out? I mean, I think we've kind of answered that yeah. in mm-hmm. so many different ways. In short, yes. Yes. I mean, yeah, we'll just leave that as Absolutely. a resounding, a resounding Absolutely. yes. <laughs> um, okay. So which of our widely accepted or perhaps even celebrated social roles, behaviors, and group dynamics support the potential development of sexual aggression? I want to start off with this one. Um it's our ideas of what manhood is and what masculinity is. I mean, toxic masculinity, you can't talk about rape culture without also talking about toxic, toxic masculinity and that men have to be in control at all times and that, you know, your value as a man and, like, your value as, as your, the, I guess, the spectrum of, like, where you are as far as, like, masculinity depends on where you stick your dick and how many times you can stick your dick into, you know, and how many people you can get to, like, you know, basically sign to the fact that you're the man and you're the guy. And I think also... I mean, when we're talking about toxic masculinity and talking about how we celebrate these behaviors, um, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I've seen this, and I don't know how much people have really talked about this, and I actually need to, like, look at some of, like, the research and think pieces that are out there, but I think men are celebrated for being very deceptive towards women. Oh, like yeah. how well can you lie towards Players. a woman? Yeah, like how how well can you lie to a woman Nintendo to get her? <laughs> yeah, how well can you lie to her to get her to do what you want? Mm. And I think all those things are the basis for sexual aggression. They're the basis for rape culture because what it does is again it kind of like cements that power structure that's already there which operates under our gender binary as far as like men having all the power and him being able to convince and persuade women or anyone else to do exactly what he wants. The more persuasive he is, you know, the more of a man he is. Mm. So I mean, I just kind of like, I think that definitely um, as far as social roles and behaviors also, men are encouraged to be violent as hell. Yeah. Like, all the violence is committed by women, not by women, excuse me, by men. <laughs> I was taking a class at TWU a few years ago, and uh, they were like, the professor's like, there's less crime at TWU. Why do you think that is? Like, everyone is uncomfortable. We're just kind of like sitting there like, <laughs> not enough niggas. Like, <laughs> somebody will finally, someone was like, um, because, you know, we don't have a lot of guys here. She's like, yeah, it's the same ladder. She's like, yeah, that's why. So there aren't that many men here. She's like, down the street at UNT, she's like, all sorts of shit's going on that we don't know about. And like, it's even, like, you know, broadcasted. So I'm just like, you know, I think um, just the general, general, the societal value of men being tough and violent um, in all areas of their life. The way they're not taught to be, you know, emotionally and socially available. Yeah. I think all of that is very traumatizing when we talk about men, when we talk about uh, masculinity, because what it does is like, you know, when you're taught not to express your emotions, that shit manifests itself in other Ooh, ways. They're just taking time bombs, honestly. Yeah, basically. So, you know, I'm not saying that. Um, no, I actually am saying I think that definitely is the basis for uh, rape cultures is all those different things combined. And all those different roles of how men are supposed to be, and they're literally like legitimately celebrated. Like our culture in general mm-hmm. advocates for the violence of men, for men to be violent. To and be you tough. see that bleed over too when there are um, in the gay community. When you see there are women who are 
taking on the more masculine role in the relationship, they also will preach that same rhetoric. I had a friend. She dated this girl who was more masculine-centered, and she was taking on those same kind of mm-hmm. ideals that you would hear from a cisgendered man, and she just thought that was so weird. She was like, yeah, she's always saying these things that, like, I only expected to hear from niggas, and you just see how pervasive <laughs> that toxic masculinity is. Even when someone who wants to perpetuate the stereotype of what they think masculinity is, who is a yeah, female, they will also put on that performing same... Performing masculinity, yeah. performing femininity, like performing these Just things. like for men, they're performing masculinity. That, the definition of, the social definition of masculine isn't even... It, there's nowhere in nature where that shit really holds up like amongst the animal kingdom mm-hmm. but it's just so forced and ingrained and pressured onto human men mm-hmm. and they're and they and it's just really detrimental mm-hmm. to so many people mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you yeah, yeah I would say um, just kind of on the flip side as far as women in being if they were the aggressor like just always saying okay girls are they like girls who are jealous or they like over protective mm-hmm. type women and kind of over yes you know, all these guys and girl, shit crazy that girls that crazy girlfriend shit and it's like okay when you start going upside your head like they need it's a trauma. different story like, that's not normal like, yeah. let's be very right. real about mm-hmm. that it's very strange yeah I don't know where that comes from either. Mm-hmm. Like, is that? I think that's like in the spiritual community we call that hyperfemininity, which is women who are emotionally manipulative to get what they want. So there's also a whole flip side of hyperfemininity that hasn't really—it's not really touched on in academia because I don't really think there's a lot of men who are just investing in hypermasculinity because mm-hmm. I just like my bitch crazy. So <laughs> there is that in the spiritual community. There's a lot of spiritual. There's a lot of people in spirituality who teach that there is such thing as hypermasculinity as hyperfemininity as well. The hypermasculine is men who are very overly aggressive, very emotional. Uh, hindered mostly due to how their Stoic, daddy issues are, yeah, yeah, how their daddy issues are manifesting and for women they're taught to be so manipulative emotionally because they are more emotionally advanced than men that that is the main weapon in hyperfemininity so it's on both sides like everybody's affected by these stupid gender roles mm-hmm. I mean it's, yeah you look at like magazines especially cosmopol- cosmopolitan from like you know 30 <laughs> or 40 even 50 years ago and like this is how you get your guy to do what you want without actually telling him what you want and I'm like that's like so unhealthy yeah that's mm-hmm. just so stupid that shit is like ridiculous mm-hmm. I'm like what that does all it does is create an atmosphere where you know you're basically not communicating because you're taught that you can't communicate first and that yeah. it's not mm-hmm. it's not your your communication is not going to be valued by him it's so not what you have to do is you have to manipulate him to do yeah. what you want to do and then what you were saying as far as like you know this um crazy girlfriend the, cra- the yeah. cult like you know i see so many memes well if your girl doesn't do this if your girl doesn't do like i saw a meme this girl took this boy's playstation and shit put it in the bathtub yeah like well, if your girlfriend doesn't do this she doesn't really love you she's not crazy about you i'm like what the fuck like <laughs> she's literally she literally <laughs> something's literally wrong with her ass like she you. she'll do that like i'm i'm mm. more than certain she'll actually physically harm you you need mm. to get out and i used to hear that like, a lot when early dating i was like oh, yeah man. i used to be like I, i'm still probably to this day i'm like yeah i'm single because i'm not crazy i'm not i'm not doing mm. all that like i'm really not about that i'm just like i'm, I'm not with your if ass. i feel like peace. i feel like if you bring me out of my character so much to where I'm like breaking things and destructive I don't want to be with you no. I don't want to be with anybody who does that to me uh-uh. like and that's no. and for that to be like the main narrative of how dating goes 
like seeing that so much like of course when it first came out you don't think about it but with like the exposure to social media I can see like a thousand hundred million thoughts at, in like two hours and mm-hmm. so you're just like damn like like you have to think like is it the people I'm following and then you like follow new and you're like no nah, man this shit's really going and it's oh it's not the and Instagram it's across, algorithm it's like everybody's actually it's across, thinks this mm-hmm. it's across gay straight it's across that mm-hmm. it's across any kind of relationship where they feel they need to put on a gender role and it's just so Weird. It is very. It's weird. so weird. It sounds literally mentally and emotionally and physically exhausting. If every day I had to come home and go to war with my my partner to like, prove that we love right, each other, like, I have to I have to send mind signals to you who is ignoring my verbal signals and is gonna do what the fuck you want to do. So I'm gonna do what the fuck I want to do, and then I'm gonna send you more signals and you're gonna ignore me. Like what am I <laughs> yeah, doing? I don't have time for that. I am not an X Men. Like, no. I don't have time for this. No, I think. Um, I also see this a lot and it's kind of just like this is kind of coalesces into what you guys were both saying but just like this general um, encouragement of like well if you're if your spouse or your partner isn't jealous and they don't really love you Ugh. and I'm like okay like I think that obviously if you're in a relationship with somebody like if you see your boyfriend or girlfriend like openly flirting with somebody else you're gonna there's gonna be a tinge of jealousy but there's like a mm. healthy a healthy, healthy jealousy mm-hmm. yeah. there's a healthy jealousy but then there's also this, like there's a fine line where you this don't want to get to jealousy that people talk yeah. about is not when you're healthy. like that you're taking not, their phone and like smashing yeah. it that's to the not ground. that's control that shit is ridiculous that's control that's yeah. you can't you've liked her picture on instagram like and i'm just thinking i'm like Are that was six fucking? months ago like and I'm, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm always just thinking i'm just like wait you liked a picture on instagram mm-hmm. like this is a fight this is not a fight I'm about to have with anybody ever. <laughs> you know, I think about that type of shit I too. I'm like, you know, social, I grew up without social media. <laughs> we saw like the birth while. of like Facebook and MySpace. Right. So I was kind of like, you know, I really a lot of this shit just. I just want to post my pictures and go, man. Like, this is hard for me at this point. I've been trying to figure out, like, how did people cheat back in the day? Like, mm. shit. Like, when you didn't have a phone, didn't have a pager, didn't have no way of contacting anybody except for by letters. Like, were we still having these arguments? Like, I'm so confused. Yeah. I've seen um, one, like, it was like a joke. About, I can't remember what, what show it was on, but it was, like, talking about that's when they had uh, the dad who had a whole other family up the street. Cause he was just cheating right. in peace. Like, yeah. yeah, like you would never know. Oh <laughs> like, my god, never know. That is ridiculous. That um, even sounds more peaceful, honestly. Like <laughs> you have a whole different family, you have to know about it. Like keep it to yourself. Good job. Yeah, you're not out in the club, <laughs> Tristan. <laughs> Foolish. So, there's one part Foolish. of this question I kind of wanted us to touch on. Cause I'm I'm not. I don't really have an answer, but maybe you guys would. Uh, this is so group dynamics that support potential development of sexual aggression. So I think, I mean, some of the more obvious ones I think would probably be like, um, we touched on sports. I mean, like the whole sports culture as far as like locker room talk and like, you know, like this idea that. Um, Grabbing by the pussy's normal. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> that's really not. Men being like, you know, this space, this bell, I'm sorry, whew, this bell space <laughs> where. Um, if they're not talking about like their sexual conquests, like then they're considered to be like you know not masculine or and that's weird if you've ever hung out with men who don't see you as somebody that they want to be sexually involved with and you've heard their conversation it is very predatory mm-hmm. and it's very disgusting it and it's kind of creepy yeah like is. you're like mm, I don't know if I want to be friends with you anymore yeah, it, can, <laughs> like, it can get pretty it can get to the point where it's just kind of like it's like um avoid the barbershop at all uh, (laughs) hell yeah like and i think where it comes to changing that kind of mind we probably should teach it in schools but you know that's a 
That's a big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's a big. Well, that's I mean, big first off, we have to get comprehensive sexual education, which they won't even yeah, do that. Yeah, they won't do that. So that's like, like well, that, what we're asking for is far too radical for what you're trying to do. That's what I'm saying. Like, and I, I kind of want the consent conversation to change from no means no, because they've seen in lots of instances of trauma where the victim will freeze and not, you know, it's fight or flight. So you, there are people who kind of just freeze in that moment and don't know what to do and they're just mentally so zoned out and you know sometimes there are abusers who are like oh well that's consent because she didn't say no I think we need to take consent from no means no me I need to also put yes means yes like mm-hmm. so there is a, there, I'm glad you said that there's supposed to but there I have seen a movement it doesn't have as much um, traction and as much attention it doesn't get as much attention as the no means no movement but there actually is a yes means yes movement um, they're not widely preaching that yet. I don't know why. They Especially need to. with all these different cases and like what's been happening as far as like, okay, well, if no means no, I think um, you know, in cases I mean we can all sit here and we have enough sense enough that if a woman is like, you know, or anyone is passed out drunk, they're obviously not gonna be able to say no. Right. Well, and I think what that does, I know for, I mean I obviously can realize that if someone is passed out, I think most people with enough sense, hopefully, can understand well, that. Well, not Rob Turner, but, you know, like well, normal, non normal. <laughs> you know, people who aren't rapists um, yeah. can understand that if someone is so inebriated to the point they can't say yes, then obviously that's going to be a mean no. But I would love to see that movement gain more attraction. Yes means yes, because what it, it does, I feel like it clears it up more. Unless, you, unless he or she or whoever you are having or attempting to have sexual relations with can actually say, yes, I want to do this, like, clear i think also even in that movement i think we have to kind of like encourage women to be more vocal about their sexuality because we're taught to be so quiet about it yeah. like we can't yeah, you just lay there and take I, yeah and i feel like there's not enough discussion with whether it's your casual partner or your permanent we don't even know how to ask for sex yeah there's, yeah. there's no <laughs> conversation on and not even just asking for sex itself of course that's the biggest hurdle but even the type of sex that you want yes like, like what kind you're of not sex even you telling have, right. people like what actually what like. really turns you on mm-hmm. and and then there's like that cloud around consent because I mean I just recently found out and not even to take it if you're in, unconscious but if somebody is just drunk period and you have sex with them even if you're drunk too that is considered rape which I had no idea and that's actually like that's a really murky water to get Mm -hmm. into like because you're just like how do you clear that up and they're just like you ask Mm -hmm. and if they say no at any point if they push you off or if it feels like Mm -hmm. it's not going the Mm way it's not going a normal way then you would stop like Mm But I mean, that's the consent. I mean, even yeah. now at 26, to still be learning things about consent, I shouldn't still be doing that. It should be pretty clear by now, especially when it comes to sex. When it comes to everything else, somehow the the consent is pretty clear. Like, oh yeah, can I get this promotion? No. Oh yeah, did I get the job? Yes. That's pretty mm-hmm. simple. But when mm-hmm. it comes to sex, for some reason, there's this big cloud around that, sex. I think I think that's like one of the overarching problems with rape culture is because we can't actually openly talk, especially women. We can't really we don't have the space to really openly talk about sex we don't have the space to openly talk about how we like to have sex so there's all these different problems that kind of like manifest out of rape culture and like women being taught historically and traditionally that to talk about sex is bad and like we're not supposed to be having sex i'm like you know 
fuck that. Like, everybody's out here having sex. Like, that's what the fuck we do. Like, yeah. we like it. It feels good. It's great. But yeah. I'm just like, you know. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't want to have sex, you don't want to have and sex. And if you don't. And, there's, and, there's and there that, are people there's who that don't want to have sex, too. Yes. Like, you, know, <laughs> you have to, like, there's men out here who probably don't even want to have sex. And they're like, why go to have sex? Are they going to clown me at the barbershop? Because I didn't bring you my pussy numbers this week. Like, there's there's men who you are bring your quarter, didn't make the quarter for the week. <laughs> I didn't make my quarterly quarter. Like, Drake said I fucked four girls this week, so me too. Like, you know, you got guys who are out here just having sex just so they can be in the conversation Mm. because that's the Mm. conversation Mm. it's like you know 2k fifa pussy like you know you got to be in it yeah and i think there has to be some type of expansion to where we like allow people to really just be themselves be themselves Mm. until you know like experience life on their terms like there are men who don't want to have their women there are people period who are not to the point and I, I don't even want to say to the point because some people may not ever want to have sex yeah. there are people who are completely asexual and that's fine but I think um, you know I see that a lot with women as far as like you know not even I don't know how to talk about the shit mm. yeah like even with your friends they're still like like I think I told my friends one time I was like yeah I like being choked and they were like <gasps> choked like, <laughs> like I mean yeah. Like I told my mom, she was like, "Oh, you just want to die." And I was like, "No, that's not. That's not how it works, mom. You gotta choke him too. Like it's a whole, oh it's a process, mother. Like you're not even living." And she was just like, "Oh, I in my day." And I'm like, "Oh my god, here we go back to your day." No, you know what? I think that you touched on something really important because I actually started having sex way sooner than a lot of my friends did, and because like I didn't know who to talk to, how to talk mm-hmm. about it. Like, you know, I went, like, a good three, four years. Nobody even knew that I wasn't a virgin anymore. And I'm like, oh, so cool. Like, you know, then we finally had the mm. conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah. So I'll tell them. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, really? I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't going to say anything because. The way y'all talk about it. Yeah. They all make mm. it sound like. And so then I think that also when we when we do that, and I have talked about this, um, like, one or two podcasts ago, when we don't, when we make sex so taboo, we encourage People especially children so like they're having a lot of unsafe sex yeah. and they're having sex that is very predatory it is very abusive because they first off are not getting the proper resources on how to go about having sex or sexual intercourse sexual relationships whatever um and it creates an atmosphere where like you know they're doing it so secretly they're probably not using protection mm. yeah they're like I, I read a story um i can't remember where i read this but this girl was having sex and she decided to like she wasn't she wasn't lubricated enough, so the boy used hand soap. I, and I'm just like, oh, I'm just thinking to myself, like, oh my god, like your pH balance, like I'm like, shit, like that sounds so painful, like, dear God. And she's like, and it was really painful. She's like, I ended up getting an infection and had to go to like a clinic and get antibiotics. And sometimes kids don't even know. I remember in high school when I was like, um, 14 or 15, not a friend. She was like, yeah, when you have sex for the first time, like you're gonna bleed. And I was like, oh god, I'm never doing this. <laughs> And then, you know, I finally had sex first time. I was like, well, I didn't bleed. Like, is something wrong? And I found out. I was like, yeah, it's actually not normal that you're not really supposed to bleed the first time. Like, that's not, that happens in instances where you're not lubricated enough. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I got girls mm-hmm. out here who are just, like, at 14 and 15 who are just really, and then might have even been in pain. They said it hurts a lot the first getting, time. And they're getting mm-hmm. advice from their friends. Yeah. You know, shit, yeah. yeah. Just word of no, mouth. Nobody knows, yeah, like, what's really going on. <laughs> we're just making it up as we go along. Like, yeah, it's going to hurt. Like, eh. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Mm. Yes. All right. Um, so this next question, feel like I said, feel free to answer this if you'd like to. If not, then I'll just answer it. But how can we better help those victims who are reluctant to report and seek support? And, and of course, we're talking about like in instances where they may have experienced some type of sexual violence or trauma. I can start. <laughs> okay. 
Um, I think, first of all, what we have to do is we have to advocate for um, stricter laws. Like, not what I what do I want to say? Not even laws. Like a more oh, streamlined, yeah, off judicial. Honestly, like mm-hmm. it would take a restructuring of the entire. I don't even like when I think about rape and rape culture. I don't even think about the law. I think I'm just I just want it here, one on one, face to face. Like I'm very much not a legalized person. Like I don't even want to mm-hmm. get married. <laughs> like on paper like if I love you I love you and I would want it to just be between us so when I think even about rape culture and rape and changing the narrative of sexual violence I just want to hear it in person you know, I don't I need think a judge to tell me for sure I think there are two ways that we can address that question I think like judicially then socially and I think for me a lot of my response is going to probably be more socially like I just want people to like have a common understanding that okay this shit is not right it's bad there yeah. are a lot of things that we should not be doing because it creates X, Y, and Z and so many other problems I think if we can do it there I think most of our first off if you look at our laws, most of our laws are born first out of social movements and out of what people are think, doing and thinking socially. Like a lot of it is grassroots and it only becomes law because society at large actually values it. Yeah. So if we can teach people to, in our society at large, to value the idea that rape is not normal, that we should be mm. admonishing rapists and not admonishing victims, I think that um, that will go a long way as in so much as like creating laws that are actually protecting people who may have experienced sexual violence. Now, how we do that, uh, I, th- you know, being more vocal about it. And I'm not, I'm not asking and putting the burden on people who have experienced sexual violence to like, well, you need to come forward. And if you don't come forward, then you're harming the movement. That's mm-hmm. not by this no is the means. one time where I'd actually say allies need to step up. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. allies of people who have been abused sexually should step up mm-hmm. because mm-hmm it's a hard trauma for someone who's gone through it to talk about and it shouldn't be expected of them to constantly relive that and then also have that backlash thrown on them constantly and constantly and constantly if they're not someone who is built for that Mm -hmm. that's somewhere where allies you know that's kind of our thing like we need to I mean I I would like not even just in in the instance of rape culture I would like allies to uh, oh so is that true yeah I I would like allies um, period which I have a whole that's a whole different conversation Mm -hmm. but um, I think definitely in this instance um, there needs to be a restructuring of society before I think we'll see anything like I think people for the most part we like rape is obviously illegal because people understand that it's heinous that it's wrong but they don't know what it is there you go Mm -hmm. so education the education component is missing because people don't even they're not even really clear on what consent is what rape is what crosses the line so I think that if we can create an atmosphere in society where we're more open about educating people about that in a way that they need to be educated and like really dismantling some of the other parts of our society that really encourage people to be violent and you know sexually violent that we'll see some actual change to be honest i'm not really sure besides what we're doing right now i don't really have a response to that i don't Mm. really i don't know because it's such a broad issue i would say like one thing like i admire is just having somebody you know whenever you finally do come out and tell somebody Mm -hmm. and then it's like me too and -hmm. it's like you have somebody who's been through that same thing you have somebody who you can connect with and like kind of open with and it's like this is kind of common like this needs to be you know Mm -hmm. discussed more and just having like I guess more like I've heard of safe places but more as an adult but it's like you don't really hear about it like if it happens to you it's like when you're younger or something like okay where do I go what what now like who do I tell like is this you know am I in trouble you like your family is not supportive yeah. of what you've been through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like it's just 
if I were to have like just somebody there just be like hey like that same thing happened to me too like we can we can get this together there's a life after it like it just mm -hmm. it just makes it so much like easier I think um, the one thing I do really like about the Me Too movement, even though I think it's been kind of like taken over and monetized by white women, oh, is yeah. that um, how many women came forward. And like it was powerful to see like the numbers of women that came forward as far as like, okay, like I don't know, um, and this is the thing about race in America, I don't know how much traction this movement would have gotten had it just solely been within the black community. Mm. Because the thing is, is like, I think, um, you know, these are really like powerful women. It, it's it's powerful to watch, but it's also really sad to watch because even them, these really powerful and rich white women are coming forward mm. and still they're being questioned. It's like, well, damn, if they're being questioned, then what do, then what do women mm -hmm. of color, what do poor women, what do trans women, what what power do they really have? And what can what who's actually gonna really listen to them, listen to their mm. stories? And I think what you touched on something really important when you said allyship and allies coming forward because allies coming forward because um, you know, we live in a society where people will they're they're not gonna fully listen to white women either, but they'll listen to them a little bit more. Yeah. And so that was um, it was interesting to see how many women came forward, how on uh, just how mainstream that movement became. But then it was also interesting to see, and this kind of pissed me off, um, black lives, male, this is male black lives matters, black mm -hmm. lives matter activists um, saying, well, and not, not a majority of them, just a few that I saw uh, coming forward and saying that the Me Too movement was taken away from the BMO movement. I'm like, how? Because this is my thing with that, is like, I think people really, have a very poor understanding of where that movement was birthed from mm. and um, you know how Black Lives Matter it does it's solely it's not solely for police brutality but it also like people have a really poor understanding of what intersectionality is like Black Lives Matter matters also like you know when there's a police officer in Oklahoma who has sexually assaulted 14 black women they yeah. intersect so I think that was also really heartbreaking for me to see is that you know people are coming out and saying well this movement and then you know the fact that it is a movement created by a black woman and that there are black men saying that it's taken away from the BLM sorry my BLM yeah. <laughs> BLM movement man so. I hadn't seen that but that's mm. crazy well, oh yeah I'll send you I'll tag you in this video yeah. that uh, because I guess they just don't know that police rape people uh, they rape men in prison like mm -hmm. like crazy yeah. um not just other inmates yes guards correctional officers, officers uh, black men don't be surprised mm. like if yeah. you ever end up in jail for an ex in prison for an extended period of time they do rape you the COs mm. do rape you the male ones yeah and the, and then if you go to female prison you will also get raped by the COs and the inmates like it's not it's pervasive yeah mm. it, it comes through like I know a lot of and that's the thing like a lot of men are when the, they make those jokes about rape and jail and da 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 and I was, and and that's and it's really not a joke like yes, it's, no, they it definitely seals will, will stand by and watch you get raped and, uh, and not they'll give a set fuck. you up and not give yeah, a fuck and not give a fuck especially like, if you, if you piss because them you have, off, yes. because there's no consequence for them mm -mm. so they'll just yeah just, hey you want to da 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 hey I actually I um, had to go through a training to be able to volunteer at the juvenile the Dallas Juvenile Centers and they, they actually exclusively talk about that they're like you know there are a lot of instances where we have to really watch correctional officers because like if they have a vendetta against someone they'll set people up yeah. to like get killed yeah. raped beat up all sorts Don't. of mm. all sorts of stuff 
And like the thing is, like you know, where most these prisons built in these rural ass like hillbilly podunk mm-hmm. ass towns. I've never driven past a prison. Listen, I'm from West Texas. And we live in Texas, and we uh, got the most prison. We got like what, like forty percent of the prison see, population here. See, this is like, that's like this is the difference between like you grew up here in Grand Prairie. Yeah, I grew up, so I grew up in West Texas. So like, yeah, I was in West mm-hmm. Texas. My mom was actually a nurse at the French oh, Royal Institute. Oh yeah, I one in Abilene. Oh yeah, no, we have like three. That's right. Yeah, so we have like three there, and then one. around Abilene there are like seven more, and these Ooh, are maximum sure. security prisons. And so you know. These people who are working, these are not people who are, you know, you liberal need, thinking like, individuals. You need like very little credentials to become. Oh yeah, part they of hire their family, <laughs> on. and then he, he um, and if you're training. like military, there you're like, ooh, yes, that's the most qualified yes. person we got on the team. In the <laughs> training, he mentioned this. He was like, a lot of these people will get positions in these uh, prisons, and they'll hire on their family members. Well, if your family member does something stupid, are you going to tell on them and no. get them fired? Mm. No. And that and that whole law enforcement, that is a gang. Like they mm-hmm. are definitely these are overseers, <laughs> modern day overseers. There is a there is a slavery girl overseer. Yes, there's a documentary. There's a documentary on Hulu called The Seven Five, and it's about corruption within the police within an NYPD police precinct, and like the amount of stuff. This guy was like 21 when he joined the force. The amount of stuff he was doing, like he was running drugs, doing fake raids, and when. The when one when his partner finally turned on him just so he didn't have to go to jail and go away from his family, they like the police department, other police departments, other police officers came out in droves calling him a rat. He's a snitch. Mm-hmm. They're over here. No, da da da. And the guy at the end of the day, even though he like embezzled millions of dollars so in this is NYPD, ma- NYPD, yeah, and did massive amounts of coke and stole massive amounts of coke and did all these fake raids and kicked in people's doors and all this other bullshit. He got like. Mm, 18 months <laughs> of a seven year it's a fucking joke and it's just like they're not and he was probably treated like a king in there he probably like had his own cell like on some true like celebrity status once mm. he went in there it's probably no big deal books were probably always full didn't even have to worry about it probably probably eating good food like police BLM and Me Too are very much so hand in hand because as a man you can get raped anybody can get raped yeah, I think that's another mm-hmm. thing with rape And culture. black men, y'all are probably getting raped at a higher rate than white men are. Well, y'all are the majority of the prisoners anyway, so we, I mean, y'all. I definitely believe that. And nobody, and they're definitely not listening to that population about anything, because once, you, once you become thing. a criminal, you're a liar. Nothing you says, yeah. you can never do any good, mm-hmm. you're a liar. <laughs> I just... You're done for, and uh, niggas, y'all six times more likely to be thrown into prison for lengthy sentences. There's a kid in Alabama whose friend got shot and killed by the police, and he's going to jail for 65 years because he's considered an accomplice to murder that he didn't commit. His friend got killed by a cop, and since he was there, he's yes. considered an accomplice to murder. Yes, yeah, so that oh, case right now is all over the that place. That is crazy. And it's pathetic. It's so sad. And I'm just like, Ooh. I'm like... It's somebody help him. Ruin that whole boy's life, innocence, Mm. psyche. Every people kill themselves in prison, and they're mostly black, brown. They're not generally white. Mm -mm. Well, like again, like I said, you look at the population; it it is mostly black and and brown. And now, I mean, and women, Mm -hmm. they're the fastest growing population right now. Yeah. Um, And I mean, you know, we have Orange. We have Agent Orange in office, and. I mean, he's basically he's building up all these new prisons now for immigrants. He's about to start throwing them in prison. Like, they're about to be. 
people my, going to work and not coming home ever. Yeah, my thing is, once you do this, once you get rid of all these quote-unquote people who are taking away all these quote-unquote things that you need, what then do you have left to blame it on? Like, what then do you blame your, like, mm. your just low-achieving actions on? Like, once you get rid of all the blacks and the browns and the and the colors and the this and the that and the women, like, what the can poor. you... Yeah, and the poor. And what then can you blame things on like do you just have to make shit up it's my it's my hair piece today like my, <laughs> my weave's not laid I'm really fucking up things like what do you blame it on mm. yeah um but that's crazy but you know what blm has very much taken like they're saying it's taken like a similar role like the black panther black panther party i'm sorry not to be confused with the movie no wakanda here but it's just taking that role where yet again men want to be black men want to be the forefront of this movement all all people getting killed you mostly hear black men getting all the outcry oh a black man was killed but you don't i think sandra bland and oh, what was the girl who had the three-year-old look it's that bad i can't remember her name oh um, uh, the girl i know there's the a girl, girl who got sh- who the girl who the, got shot on facebook live and they shot her kid in the leg too dang it why oh. can't I remember her name yeah it's bad i can't remember her name I'm not going. I'm not the other girl too. in Baltimore, she, they kicked in her apartment and killed her in front of her five kids. Uh, Corin, Corin, that's her. Gaines, is it Corin Gaines? Mm. Yeah, I think it's Gaines. Yeah, yeah. Look, um. look, we both on this one. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing. It's like, <laughs> and then there's so many. So look, I'm not. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. Not that's, paying attention, that's, but there's mm. so many. That is the issue right there. Okay, there's so many people being ass, killed. There's so many people being killed that we're trying to like remember <laughs> names and get yes. to the point out. It's like well, this person, this person. It's like too right. many to keep count okay. of. I don't even try and remember where they're from. Like I just try to remember names and stories mm. because it's like it's everywhere. Like. And even with BLM, they talk about that a lot. They're like, when it comes down to it, it's only when black men are killed that you see niggas marching in the street. You don't see it, the same outcry for women. Women are mm-hmm. dying at the same rate mm-hmm. as men. But it's all the narrative has always been told to us that men, you know, black men, the separation of black family because the men are in jail. There's well, listen, the only reason women who have to leave their family to go to prison for sometimes for men sometimes for their families sometimes they're trying to take care of their families the best way they know just like dudes who get locked up for drug charges sometimes they're trying to take care of the family the best way they know how by selling drugs and they get locked up at the same time sometimes they even go away for longer yeah because uh, it's not expected of a woman to do that it isn't expected for a woman to do that and the only reason sandra bland got so much mainstream attention is because black women made her relevant yeah because black men would not have done that no nobody else would have done that we made her, her you know Mm. like relevant maybe Sean King did but oh god I think Sean King is like a glutton for like gore like every I was like I if you go to his page it's just always somebody getting shot and killed and I just I it's it's a digital graveyard like I just can't understand I was like it's incredibly triggering and he's and people really give him a lot of credit I mean not to say he hasn't done anything but he definitely keeps you informed but God, he doesn't really bring up about a lot of solutions. It's just no, a lot of no. talking, considering the platform he has. Mm-hmm. Just a lot mm-hmm. of talking. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap us up with this last question. Um, how can we begin conversations about these very sensitive issues without alienating people further? So I think when we're talking about rape culture, um, I'm talking about any, any, any social issue. We want to do it in a way that we bring the conversation out and allow people to like take place in the conversation without triggering them, without further traumatizing them. I actually don't have an answer to this question, so I'm going to let y'all do it. <laughs> and maybe as we talk, maybe something will come to mind, but um, without further alienating people. Uh, I think we should always keep the conversation open. Um, 
Because a lot of times when people think of rape, they think a creepy man in the alley and, you know, just Mm -hmm. a woman walking down the street. I think we should keep it open and just maybe we shouldn't even call it rape. Maybe we should just say a physical violation. Like, not even a discount rate, because I feel like at this point, like, nobody knows what the fuck rape means. Like, we might even need a whole new word to explain what this means, because rape, is, it's harder to change a definition than it is to create a new word, like, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, just just kind of describing the scenario and just seeing if that applies with anyone. Um, we could, when talking about it, we could take the gender off, because, you know, men will, everybody gets sensitive when they feel like they're being grouped into that category of the main people who do it even if they are statistically they'll still feel I personally me I am not doing that so it's always good to keep it open because there's like those men like men get raped too and I'm like but y'all really don't give a fuck about them either but uh, keeping it open Shit, just I so mean, there's not too much room and I'm, you know it's funny that you say that because I don't like to cuss people out in open forum I really try to avoid it but I mean I will <laughs> it's funny that you even say that when people are like well men get raped too and I'm like well yeah but, but like don't give a fuck. first of all y'all don't give a fuck about them at all and then when they do come forward and say that they're raped if oh, you gay yeah that's the first thing you say <laughs> well how could you let that happen to yourself and I mean mm. I'm, I feel like almost the victim blame is hyper like hyper you know yeah. terrible with them so I'm just like okay like what like, the fuck I don't even understand like because rape has such a back alley stranger danger definition a lot of people don't even know when they'll they'll feel that uncomfortable feeling but they don't know mm-hmm. why and then they don't even understand what's about to happen like it starts it it's not necessarily like bam you know automatically pull away pants rip off clothes and forced upon you sometimes it starts with small advances of somebody you like what grooming is it's yeah. the process of grooming it, someone yeah. to be to be you know violated like or when, abused when i when i've heard a lot of uh conversation or a lot of stories of people who have been sexually abused as children you hear it as um, somebody coming in at night, somebody who's trusted, and they'll start talking to them a certain way, and they start making this routine mm-hmm. of playing these games. So, yeah, let's do this, let's do that, and then one day that game crosses the line, and you, and once you've built that trust and that comfort level with someone, mm-hmm. especially someone as vulnerable as especially a child, a child yes. you don't know. So even when it comes to adults, I mean, in the back of your mind, I mean, I, you know, I've never, I'm not always thinking that, oh, that's a rapist. You don't always mm-hmm. think, oh, this is a, a rape advance or this is someone who's trying to get me. Mm-hmm. But the, a lot of times it, it is. Like, sometimes you are being groomed to get got. So keeping that, changing the narrative of what rape is, because, you know, for a long time, I didn't, I didn't necessarily know. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know what mm-hmm. it is either. No, a lot of people still don't know what it is. And so even having those conversations about how to make it more comfortable for people who have. I think we should just disillusion saying, oh, have you ever been raped? Just yeah. take that word out of it because nobody, nobody knows the definition of it. Because mm-hmm. it, it is a lot broader than what it's always been told to us or what it was even taught to us. One of the most heartbreaking things to me is when people talk about their sexual experiences and they don't know they've been raped. Yeah, they don't know they were violated. Mm-hmm. They don't know that what was happening was not normal. And then you hear it normal. and you're like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, and then like to, you know, to someone who like fully understands like what rape is, you're listening to them like, uh, that's not okay. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a violation. Yeah, like... I mean, I wasn't really feeling it, but he kept going. That's a violation. So like, I just let him. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, you know, if you like, ever think about that. I was struggling Like, yeah. Right. I mean, I was so crazy, girl. You're like, no, that's not. Mm. That's not okay. Mm-mm. Yeah. So changing, got to definitely change the way rape is thought of. And mm. I think we just need to, I don't know, like change the word, find a new word. There's something with the word that needs to be changed. Because mm. what it triggers in people's mind isn't always everything that it entails absolutely did you have anything you want to say sweetie um 
I just, I kind of wanted to, like, I agree with everything that you were saying too. I'm just going to kind of give an example or like a metaphor, kind of how like 50 or so years ago, whenever you think about just sex in general, how mm -hmm. taboo it was and now how more, you know, people are more comfortable with talking about it. It's mm -hmm. still kind of like a gray area, but people have been more like open to talking about it. But mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, small steps going into talking about rape or being molested and just, you know, kind of making making it more comfortable to talk about. Right. And then, you know, hopefully it can grow from there. Mm -hmm. I think so, for sure. Um, I think we had a really good conversation, y'all. I think we got to talk about some of the things about rape culture that I don't think a lot of people in everyday conversations even get around to being able to talk about, which I also think is really important in having these conversations because what we have to do is we have to open the dialogue more to include more. Otherwise, rape will always be like this very, like, streamlined thing that people think about. Like, oh, a rape is only this when it's actually, you know, a variety of different... It can mm. be a variety of different things. So... um I just want to thank y'all. Did I have any final words I wanted to offer? Or no, man. I think you said it all. Yeah. I think we, I think we, uh, <laughs> I think we got in there and, and, and did the damn thing. And I think um, I think this is something that we'll probably have to revisit again of course. on season two. Because it's, <laughs> it's 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 a really large topic, and mm -hmm. it's something that you know I don't know. Like you would feel like you wouldn't meet somebody who is, but a lot. I think mm -hmm. I think the earliest experience I've had with somebody who told me they were sexually violated was like eighth grade and you know that's really young at that mm -hmm. time you know you don't think about it but when mm -hmm. I look back I'm like wow in eighth grade somebody was sharing with me that they were sexually violated mm -hmm. and, it, and it was something that you don't even they didn't even express to anyone else and then me I didn't express to anyone else because I was just like um, well you know who do you tell like mm -hmm. that's kind of their business yeah. you don't really go around telling mm -hmm. people that and then it's like even just as you get older I just started hearing that story more and I'm just like what like it's still just like where do you go like what mm -hmm. and then, then I'm thinking like wow like what like what what are you feeling mentally like I it's just so much mm -hmm. especially and then you think about the fact that you know that these types of stories are being shared among children right mm -hmm. like most adults aren't equipped to deal with that so only imagine what and children you, are and doing. you don't think how glib kids are like when you are a kid like kids really just say it like it is so for somebody to just tell me that like that probably was something really pressing on their mind I mean, that they had to get out. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure now mm -hmm. as an adult, they probably don't go around telling that story. But I'm like, damn, like, because now they understand how stigmatized it is. But back right. then, and, and, we, and I've been friends with this person since first grade when they when he told me, and I was just like, what, like, what, like, and he's like, yeah, you know, my boyfriend, he told me the same story about him when he was in Boy Scouts. And I'm like, what, like, what? And I'm just like. I'm like, now I'm just That's like, so damn, like, what was going on? Like, mm. you know, you just think, you're just like, what the fuck was going on? Oh, God. But, yeah, it's, mm. it's definitely a conversation you have more. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, again, I just want to say thank y'all so much uh, for coming in I'm about to take a little Snapchat video of y'all hey hey you gotta be on the I gotta actually be active is that a picture is that a picture you gotta actually be doing that podcast yeah so um thank y'all again and I think we're we're gonna peace out make sure you catch us I will probably debut this episode towards the end of April so I will be sending out notifications via Instagram or you can follow us at the Slayless show that's Slayless S-L-A-Y-Y-Y-E-S-T-E show so um, that's that's about it y'all y'all have a great night